Wimbledonitis. Wimbledonitis is a temporary condition affecting people as we approach the British Grand Slam of tennis held at its fabled home in Wimbledon. Curiously, the illness does not affect ordinary club players throughout the country. The majority of these are completely immune, continuing with their regular social games, perhaps watching the highlight programmes on the BBC in the evenings. And yes, I am among that majority, although I have thoroughly enjoyed my infrequent visits to Wimbledon over the years. Those most seriously afflicted seem to be celebrities who have been granted admission to the royal box and whose appearance is often part of the television commentary. Sir Cliff Richard is particularly noticeable among them and holds the title for most appearances. In return, he offers some of his endearing musical performances as tennis is held up by rain. These impromptu efforts have become less frequent as Sir Cliff has been dealing with other personal issues. Also, because Wimbledon hit on the idea of putting a cover on the the centre court where the most important matches are played, reducing rain delays to the top matches. Very few social scientists have studied Wimbledonitis. When they have, they have identified several features of a condition that has mostly been ignored clinically. Professor Stefan Mosevich conducted an observational study a few years ago and typified it in an interview in which the respondent said, The great thing is you think you're obsessed and crazy, but then you come here and find lots of other obsessed and crazy people and you don't quite feel so mad anymore. I imagine it's like that at a Star Trek convention. He also noticed the powerful connection with extreme support for the royal family, noting that the Queen, who generally prefers athletes with four legs, is coming to watch the tennis for the first time since her Silver Jubilee in 1977, when the organisers even contrived a British tennis winner, Virginia Wade. Cynically, I've always assumed a lumbering opponent in the final Betty Stover was an MI5 plant. The professor, whose specialism is neuropathology, also made a link between cultural enthusiasm for queuing in general and to the specific queuing which takes place at Wimbledon. It would be easy to make the event ticket only, he notes, and dispense with the logical nightmare of what becomes a thousands-long snake of people stretching back a mile or so. But the English club, the All England club, is nothing if not savvy. It recognises that the queue, a feature of the championship since the early 20th century, is integral to the fortnight. As Wimbledon madness builds up, I note the contribution made by the BBC. Over years, the BBC has lavished a fair chunk of its TV sports budget to extensive coverage of Wimbledon fortnight. It is perhaps churlish of me to point out that the enthusiasm does not extend to coverage of the other three slam events. Budget limitations mean it has long ago stopped transmitting live TV Premier League football, but retains a faithful football-starved audience for much of the day replays, as the recent Gully Lineker vs BBC spat demonstrates. 
The BBC is a useful indicator of the nature of brand UK PLC. And in microcosm, so is the brand of Wimbledon. Ashley Lightfoot, a brand strategy expert, notes, The short-lived obsession of major sporting events like Wimbledon becomes the topic of every discussion and commands the attention of millions of confusion as a massive opportunity for brands and brands of every variety at that. He goes on to point to the elite nature of the brands which can become identified with an event. For nearly a century at Wimbledon, it was Robinson's which was as ubiquitous as the dark green chairs of the umpires. Perhaps with Pim's a close second brand. Wimbledon's brandy argues, quote, commands a level of influence that the other sporting competitions could only dream of. Whilst its identity is unique with lots of positive elements to boast about, there's an argument to be had that embracing heritage too heartily, as Wimbledon perhaps does, can also result in some serious problems for a brand. Wimbledon, and by extension tennis, lags behind when it comes to diversity. The body that owns and administers the Wimbledon grounds and competition has no one from an ethnic minority on its board. End quote. Interestingly, even as Wimbledonitis builds up, a story breaks of an open letter to Sally Bolton, the CEO of Wimbledon, from a campaign group including Caroline Lucas, the Green Party leader, calling on Wimbledon to end its new partnership with Barclays, which they accuse greenwashing to improve its image. As often happens, the media interest is quickly distracted by such events outside the field of play, of which I suppose I have been guilty in this podcast.